Hey, this is Sebastian from the Metal Gods Meltdown, and today I'm joined by... This is Mark Kendall from Great White. You're starting a new chapter with Mitch Malloy joining the band. What's the feedback been like so far from your hardcore fans? It's actually been awesome. Um, yeah, you know, we had uh, Terry in the band for about eight years, and uh, we just kind of were going different directions, and Mitch kind of happened by accident. Um just happened to meet him when we did our album with Michael Wagner. And then I saw him on the Monster Rock Cruise. Uh, he came up on stage. And one morning I was on my phone. I saw this story about him being in Van Halen. I know pretty much everything about Van Halen from growing up with him. Didn't know about Mitch Malloy being in the band. So I looked into that and heard his voice. I wasn't really familiar with him. And we got him some, we asked if he'd be interested in jamming with us, and he was. So he put his voice on a couple of our old, you know, bigger songs and a few of the new ones. And we really liked it and jammed with him for like three days. And he's been in the band for a year now. That's amazing. So is there yeah. plans to release an album soon? Yeah. Uh, we're talking about getting, we're writing right now. Um, we're going to try to get in the studio this year. Uh, right now we're kind of playing shows, but um, I've been flying back and forth to uh, Sacramento, and Michael and I have been writing a lot. We've been sending Mitch music uh, to listen to, and he's putting his two cents in. And I really like what I'm hearing from Mitch as far as creative-wise. I've never been able to hand a singer music and have him just come back with a song without hearing what my ideas were. And Mitch is able to do that, so he's a real decent songwriter. So it's working out great. So you're going to be out on tour in the States. Are the plans to get over to Europe? Yeah, um, we don't have much in Europe yet. I know we're going over there in next March, but um, we want to try to get over there uh we're talking to our agent now to, to put a lot of stuff around uh, the March date, the festival. And so hopefully I'll have more to tell you uh, down the road here. course we're all getting a bit older do you ever see yourself calling your music career to a halt or is that something you're going to be doing with your last breath <laughs> um i actually i'm feeling pretty good i you know it's hard to really put a number on it or you know an age or whatever i mean i suppose you know if you get too old and you can't and you're not into it um then you know you would call it a day but my energy is real good right now I, you know, I mean, it has a lot to do with us continuing to be creative. I mean, we just did an album in two, 2017, and, and we're really happy with the results. And I think also the motivation, at least for me, is I'm still trying to come up with the best song of my life. You know what I mean? And uh, so that, that kind of keeps me motivated um, and, you know, gives me the energy, you know, uh, uh, you know, opposed to just becoming an oldies band that's going to go out and play, you know, your favorite song every year. I, I'm, I'm still 
you know, trying to be creative and, and trying to learn from the past and get better and all that, you know. Is there a song written by someone else that you'd wish you'd written? <laughs> uh, God, that that's a tough, tough one. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you hear riffs and you hear songs and you go, man, you know. I remember, well, I'll just, I'll just throw one out there. It doesn't have to be the song, but I... I just, I remember when it came out, and that was Back in Black, ACDC. Yeah. When I heard that riff for Back in Black, I had that, you know, you know, I mean, any guitar player, anybody in a band that's a songwriter is going to wish they, they would have written that riff. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, they're... they're there's several. It's hard to just pick one, but if I, you know, had to pick one just out of the air, that that would be one I would kind of wish I'd come with. Of course, you started back in the seventies. How does it feel to still be in and around Great White after all these years? Pretty crazy. Uh, you know, we we didn't get an opportunity to do anything. Um, you know, as far as uh, national touring or record deals or anything like that until the early 80s when somebody was in the crowd called Alan Niven um, that gave us an opportunity, had us come down to the record company independent label and, you know, said he wanted to change our name. He liked the band but hated our name and all that, you know. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it it's pretty amazing. You don't figure the lifespan of a band to be this long. Um, but, you know, sometimes, in most cases, the songs outlive the band <laughs> anyway. So I think it's the songs that have kept us around and just our, you know, determination. And we and we love what we do, you know. And the fan, our fans are like, totally awesome and we're seeing new generations of fans too which is really nice to see yeah that's what i was going to ask you actually how does it feel like when you are playing live that you see fathers and mothers with their young sons and daughters bring them to the gigs taking them taking them on the great white journey it must feel amazing it, 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 it's totally amazing you know i was in uh sweden this was a few few years ago and um i i got a taste of it there I was actually still smoking cigarettes. I haven't smoked cigarettes for about six years, but uh, I walked outside to have a smoke at the hotel, and there was about 25 kids who all looked like they're about 22 or so. Like if I had to guess, they're in their early 20s, wearing clothes that I wore like in 1985. Yeah. You know, and I was going like, you know, it was almost like it was a cult, like they discovered something, you know what I mean, with the music, and they just, they really liked the 80s music. I was talking to a few of them, and they said, man, we, yeah, we just love that 80s, because to them it was new, it was new to them, you know, so, um, so yeah, it, it's fun to, to see that. Little 
The 80s were wild and I was a teenager back then and remember all the many stories. So was sex, drugs and rock and roll a myth or was it reality? Well, all that stuff was available. It seemed to kind of go with it. Um, the era itself was kind of about celebrating and getting away from your problems at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, a lot of the people, uh, you know, the girls, um, as far as the drugs, I mean, you know, that can be, you know, taken too far. Or, But it seemed to be more of a social thing back then. You know, uh, of course, then you hear about the addictions and, and this, that, and the other, and it can become dark and ugly. But, um, yeah, it was just about girls and kind of a celebra celebratory uh, era. Um, I think lyrically, you know, it might have been a hair shallow, but uh, people didn't seem to care. They they were just happy to get away from their uh, their bills and problems for you know, a couple hours and just kind of enjoy the night, you know. Back in the 80s and early 90s, Mel and Rock got lots of airplay, be it on MTV or like mainstream radio. Now in 2019, rock and metal sort of like being put on the back burner. How does it feel then to know that the music today is pretty just much commercialized crap, isn't it, basically? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the world has changed a lot. Um, you know, we used to have new music playing on the radio every five minutes, and then we have the MTV. Um, and now... I don't think people today really have the connection to bands and band members like they did back then. Like, I think back then, every any given person's favorite band, they knew every band member, you know, where they were from, what they did, what they played, um, you know, all the songs. And, you know, they might even read the liner notes, you know, and... In any given record, uh, today it's more of a, I don't think that human connection is there anymore. I think it's more of like, I'm going to download 300 songs before I go to school and, you know, two, two songs from this guy, three from that guy, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it's different today. Um, but, you know, it's the fans. The fans are still there. It's just... The days of the huge labels and, and the huge record labels and, you know, needing millions of dollars <laughs> to, to, you know, to tour and make records is no longer happening. Um, so we just deal with it. We just hire a lot of people. We call them the Internet assassins, you know, just to let people know when we have new music and try to get it to the fans the best we can. That's kind of the way we deal with it. 
Uh, we've kind of always been a little bit, I don't want to say selfish, but, you know, we wanted to love what we were doing and then just kind of, um, you know, hit our knees and pray that the fans are going to like it too. Yeah. And I think, you know, not really thinking about, oh, I wonder if we're going to sell $3 million this time or will it be 2 That was never the thought. It was more like, um, God, I hope people like this. You know what I mean? And so we haven't really changed at all. We still just hope people, you know, we want to get the music to the people. And then we want feedback with, well, did you like it? (laughs) You know? And so that's another thing that kind of keeps us going. Going back to Mitch Malloy then. With his involvement now with Great White, what can we expect from the new album? Is it going to be more bluesy? Is it going to be more hard rocking, more metal in your face? What's it going to be? Never been the type band that like pre-plans what kind of record we're going to make. Um, we're pretty much old school. I just come up with riffs and ideas, and I usually get the most creative when I know we're going to go record. So... Um, and then uh, Michael will come with ideas and other guys in the band. And we all get together in a room. You know, we don't like email each other our ideas or any kind of stuff like that. We're, it's usually the best way is for us to all get together and play. And usually gets the best results that way. Um, but we've never sat down and go, okay, what kind of record do you want to make? Do you want to make it hard rocking or do you want to do this or that? You know, like so... We don't really pre-plan that. Um, it's really pretty much stupid simple. We just, the you know, we'll write like 30 songs and like the best 12 make it, you know, and the other ones are just kind of put away for maybe an idea to get down the road or something. That's just the way it always has been. And then after the, after all the songs are recorded, we, that's when we sit around and try to figure out what we should call the album. Yeah. <laughs> so we, that's another thing that we can't really, you know, we can't call the record anything until all the music's done or else it'd be a waste of our time. But um, so, yeah, I'm sorry if that's not, uh, doesn't sound genius enough, but that that's how stupid simple we keep it. We, the best songs make it, you know, and then... Uh, whatever type record it becomes, it usually sounds like us no matter what. So obviously, you know, we hope for it to be dynamic as far as being a diverse record. I mean, you know, we don't want to just have a flat line. Every song is the same tempo. And so in that regard, I I suppose we sort of pay attention to that. I mean, you know, that's just the way we do it. Never alone when we're apart. 
It's a shame when relationships and friendships do break down. Obviously, you've got a lot of history with Jack Russell. Can you ever mm. see yourself reuniting with Jack? Um, you know, I haven't really heard from him much. I think he's out playing. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it's kind of a tough go. Um, you know, a lot of bands have been through it, you know, when 
when somebody in the band has demons and this and that, um, you know, he, he just got to the point where um, he was kind of unable to return and perform on the level that, you know, we're all accustomed to. So, but there's never been any um, ill feelings toward each other as far as, like, I don't take anyone's demons personally, you know what I mean? Yeah. But as far as Jack and I, I, I don't think in the whole, in our whole career together, we had more than two arguments, you know. So this wasn't like your typical, oh, I hate you, go die somewhere, I don't care, you know what I mean? It wasn't that type of deal. It's just his uh, addictions and demons just overcame him, and I couldn't do anything about it. I work with a lot of... Uh, addicts and alcoholics i'm just that's just what i do in my spare time i you know try to reach out to people that are struggling and stuff um because i have 10 plus years sobriety myself but i you know so i kind of do that but you learn after a while you can only help people that want it <laughs> you know I, I i'm not like you know a guy that can get get somebody to get sober if they don't want to be you know so, but um, as far as Jack goes, um, you know, like I said, I, I think he's out playing. Uh, every once in a while, I'll see something on the internet or something. So, I, you know, at least he's able to do that. So, but as far as any kind of animosity or, you know, anything like that, um, there's, there's definitely not much of that. And I'm definitely proud of our career together. So, but... Um, you know, that's about all I can say about that. Have you seen the Motley Crue film, The Dirt? Yeah, I watched it. What did you think? I actually watched it. It was on uh, cable out here. Um... Yeah, I watched it because I see I've known Vince Neil since he was probably fifteen. Really? <laughs> um, yeah, we played his high school um, when I was in this other band uh, as an up and comer. I think I was about probably nineteen years old. We played his high school at lunchtime, and a friend of mine who went to that school said, "See that kid over there?" And I go, "Yeah," and he was pointing to Vince Neil. And he goes, he's a singer. And I go, really? I go, um, what band is he in? And, and he said, oh, he's not in a band. He just likes to sing. <laughs> so anyways, um, a couple years after that, we were in this battle of the bands, and Vince was in this band called Rock Candy. And um, their band came in third place, and ours came in fourth. And the band that won, they did, like, I think, Tie Your Mother Down, like, perfect. They had this black singer. And uh, having that history with Vince and, and playing with him, I was kind of interested to watch it and see kind of how he got in the band and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, you, know, uh, they, you know, they went through a lot. They used to come down to our shows before we changed our name to Gray White. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was pretty amazing. 
We actually had a song that was similar to um, a song they have called Livewire. Yeah. Way back when we were in Dante Fox, which was the name of the band. That You can see why we had to change our name. But um, So we used to hang out with those guys when they were, uh, you know, fighting it out and up and coming or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so we had history. So... And they've had a lot of success, so it, it was fun to look at that movie. If I'd never heard of Great White before, which two albums would you give me to listen to? Um, as far as our um, heyday, if you want to call it that, I would probably give you maybe Once Bitten and Psycho City. Those two would probably give you an idea of what it is we were up to of course you've had so many outstanding moments in your career but which one springs to your mind straight away today one of the moments that was was pretty cool and and it's mainly because as a teenager i used to we used to go to uh, a place called the forum in los angeles it, it's where the uh the basketball team plays, you know, the Lakers, and, you know, it's where a lot of the concerts were. Seeing Ted Nugent fly through the building on a rope and, you know, or, you know, seeing Led Zeppelin and all, all, all my heroes as, as a young teenager, you know, it's always a dream that you want to play there one day. And so when we did play there, you know, our platinum records on the stage and everything from the record company. First 10 rows or so were everybody we knew, like guys I, w I was in middle school with and, you know, my parents. And so that's a moment that kind of stands out. Yeah. Any final words? Um, yeah, just thanks for, thank you for listeners. the, you know, I always say great white fans are so loyal. It's unbelievable. So, you know, thanks for sticking with our music all these years. I mean, um, all the people that get a hold of me on Facebook from the UK and, and you know, all, of, all around Europe, uh, you know, I, I, we totally love you guys. You know, we're, we're really going to try to get over there. It's, it's very difficult because of the expenses, but, um, you know, if we can throw in a couple festivals, you know, we'll go over there for two months. I mean, it's not that we don't want to go over there, but we'll try to make it work. But thank, thank you for, you know, all the years and, and uh, being so loyal and such great fans. Hey, this is Mark Kendall from Great White, and you're listening to the Metal Gods Meltdown. I better hear you singing.
inside.